Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2 speed, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F-bombs. You're welcome. This is Ask Your Workwife College Edition, where Vanessa and Holland go back to school. We're answering the five most important questions we get from college students who are headed into corporate America. We want to make sure you are set up for success before you even get that diploma in hand. Let's fucking go. Ask Your Workwife goes back to school. Back to school, bitch. First question, how do I pick a major? This is the question, right? Oh my God. I wish someone, let me just say, <laughs> I wish I was a 17. So that, 17 was a good year for me, actually. It was no, fantastic. Same, same right? <laughs> I graduated from high school when I was 17. This would have been better when I was 16 then, right? Like, <laughs> well, I, I, graduated, I graduated and turned 18 on the same day. Oh. And uh, everyone in the graduation line sang happy birthday to me. It was amazing. Of course yeah. they did. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> I know why you are the way you are now. <laughs> um but like, it wouldn't have been so nice. And Vanessa, I'm going to talk about like why this would have been so nice for us to have when we were young. Mm-hmm. Are we sounding old now? Oh my God. God. Damn well, it. Also, I just heard Adele a little bit. So I was like, <laughs> anyway. Um, but the question we get asked all the time and that we wish we had had answered for ourselves when we were in high school, how do I pick a major? Yeah. And it sometimes it doesn't come out exactly that clear. It's usually like, what's the best major? What's the major that's going to make me the most money? What's the, like, how do I do this college thing anyway? What am I going for? Like, and then there's the, then there's the kids who don't even know, like, I just want to learn underwater basket weaving and, and like follow my dreams. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that I, was me. Spoiler alert. <clears throat> you want to tell us about that? Maybe a little later. Okay. Yeah. So we're like, we really want to make sure this episode addresses that, like giving you a framework for like, what, what college is even, right? What's it for? Especially if you have a frame of mind that you want to go into corporate America mm-hmm. post-college. Exactly. Because it starts today. Like, I, I don't know how to help you if you don't understand that. But like, <laughs> but like college That's what is- the podcast is for, Vanessa. Uh-huh. That's oh, how you're helping, oh, is, is that, actually. Is that what's happening? Is okay. That's okay. Okay, cool. Um, but like this moment right here, like from the second you graduate high school through graduation of college is an investment in your corporate career. It's an investment in your life. It's a step that can get you closer to what you want. But- You've got four years to not fuck around and find out. You got to get in, get the thing done and move on to the next thing. And if you do it really well, you can make a lot of fucking money. This series of episodes is going to be starting at this point with how to pick a major. We're going to move on from there. But we also just want to acknowledge that there are other ways besides a four-year degree to, to get sure. at this outcome. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, one of us doesn't have a four-year degree. One of us. And one <laughs> of us has a degree that isn't relevant to corporate America at all. But um, we're going to address specifically how to accomplish the same goal without a four-year degree. There are mm-hmm. other ways to do that, which we totally support. And that's going to be episode five. So starting with how to pick a major, moving through that, episode five will be alternatives to the four-year collegiate experience, if you will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you want to just skip through and go to that, that seems fine too. If you're listening to this episode and you're like, wait, I'm not in college. I've not been in college for some time now. If you're like us, is there someone in your life who needs this episode? My little sister, we've been talking about this stuff for seven years. And you know what? She's doing a great job. <laughs> I think everyone with little sister has been a college advisor at some point. Right? I did this with my sister. And and I wish I'd had a resource like this. It was like, hi, I'm not going to spend my 20 hours because they're now worth $125 an hour. Uh-huh. You're welcome. I'm just going to give you this content. And it's exactly what I would have told you. Exactly. I'm also planning on giving this content to my son when he's 14, 15, 16. Go off. Right. So share with your little sister. Share with your sorority sisters. Share with your cousin, your niece your nephew obviously (laughs) send our instagram ask your work wife we'd love to have him
Okay, back to your story, Holland. I need to know, why, why is your degree useless in well, corporate America? <laughs> first of all, as a young person, I was a musician, mm. which is very passion aligned for me. But I often forget this about you, so I start explaining musical things to you, and then I'm like, literally preaching the choir. It's fine. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> in high school, I was there were structures in place that allowed me to do what I wanted. Like my parents were supportive. They paid for lessons. They, they, we were like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let's do it. And that was always kind of like how mm. I pursued my path as a young person. And, and what that ended up leading to was, was an opportunity to go be a professional musician, to study music mm. and, and move into a space where I, I would be qualified to be a musician. And that's really cool. Yeah, that seems awesome. Like, so Holland, what I'm hearing is you you want to do this, you're passionate about music. And so so the next natural step in that framework you had at that time was let's go to college for this. That's exactly right. Like okay. I just just took the next thing that was in front of me, which was to go to college. I yeah. got in, I got into the best school in the country. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> that does not surprise anyone who's listening, actually. Like, oh, Holland is an overachiever. Cool. Yeah, turns out. Yeah, but I, I did and and that was amazing. Like, how great for me. But but I still had no sense of what I wanted to do with that. In fact, I remember in high school when I was studying with a wedding musician, I was like, oh, I'll be a wedding musician. And then when I started later in high school studying with an orchestra, like a symphonic harpist, I was like, oh, I'll be in a symphony. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to college and I worked with like harp professors, I was like, oh, I'll be a harp professor. And then I was like, it was just like bouncing around. <laughs> this sounds like runaway bride. She doesn't know, <laughs> she doesn't know how she likes her eggs because she just takes the egg preference of her fiance at the time. hundred uh-huh. percent. I was like, oh, well, this is the thing. Now this is the thing. I had no plan. And any given moment, it was only the thing that was in front of me that I was planning on doing. Mm. And so when life hit me like a speeding bullet train. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I don't know. Is that not a phrase? No, that's great. I just, it was very painful for me at that moment. <laughs> like a very visceral reaction. <laughs> like I, I, the relationship I was in fell apart and all of a sudden I needed to like make money. Yeah. <laughs> and turns out I wasn't doing that with harp. I didn't have a way to do that for, with, with music and there was nothing there. All I had was $26,000 of debt. Is that how much a harp costs? That's how much the harp costs. That's a car, everyone. It's a new car. You could have a thriving Uber business at this point. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember like at some point my husband was like, we were buying this instrument and he was like, so when are, like, what are you, like all in love, which was so kind, but he was like, when are you making money on this investment? I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is a, this is my, yeah, exactly. And I like had no plans to like start a business, make money. I was like doing a little bit here and there on the side, but we're talking like not to make $26,000 sums of money (laughs) did not add up to anything. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was having a great time again until I realized that I actually needed money and there was no husband with $26,000 lying around anymore. God Uh damn it. Uh, appreciate Uh it. But, um, so yeah, like I just, I think I talked about my oh shit moment with this, right? Yes, um, episode, episode five. One. Oh yeah. Episode oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talk about this a lot, actually. I know. <laughs> it's like a formative moment in my, mm-hmm. in my life, but I don't want anyone who's asking this question to end up like that. Like, mm-hmm. I want you to have a plan and I'm not saying it's easy, but like having any type of plan is better than having none at all. Agreed. And I'm not saying you can't be a thriving, successful musician. But People you, do it all the time. But you need to know that that's what you want to do. Like, right, right. I think that's also worth pointing out is like the, the moment you graduate from high school, you don't have to have your life completely planned out for the next 40 years, yeah. right? Like that's impossible and you'll only end up in disappointment. 
hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Do you have a plan? And then to Vanessa's point, like, don't be afraid to switch if, if your needs change. Yeah. That's like, that's my college story. I got early admission to my school and early admission to the communications department. Cause you know, me and my little Gemini butterfly self, like <laughs> we are communicators. So like I was early admission, talked to the Dean, like we're like doing all the great things. Great GPA, great ACT, great SAT. Like, we're- Oh, the greatest ACT. <laughs> in fact, Yes. Like it couldn't get any greater <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. But I will tell you, it's not on my resume. Anyway. <laughs> but now, you know, I just think people should know. <laughs> just you. think people should know. You can brag about me all you okay, like. Great. So like I, I got accepted to the university, the communications school and I like, I loved it. It was great. But I also had this passion for Chinese. So I was like taking some Chinese classes. So I was, I was taking a lot of classes. I loved every bit of it. And then I just really like maybe after two or three of the comms classes, I was like, this is really easy for me. I'm not learning anything because these things are already inherent in me. Show up, smile on your face. Like I wanted to even push it into crisis communications because it was challenging. But crisis comms didn't exist as an industry at that moment. So I like I sat down. I was like, okay, I can switch my major around to like challenge myself in learning. So I switched it to Asian studies, which is like a very broad topic of like here's humanities, here's arts and letters, here's religion, here's the language component, like learning an Asian language. I know more about ancient Chinese artifacts and oracle bones and like. <laughs> The old, like the oldest <laughs> piece of pottery and phallic symbols than you can ever imagine. These these are facts that I still have in my head and they're just taking up hard drive space at this point. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a different podcast. But like I just, so I switched to Asian studies. Absolutely loved it. I dug all the way in. I did all these things. Like I fucking adored all of it. But at the, at the end of the moment, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Like I can either go further into academia, which was at that moment, not a plan. Um, now it's my retirement plan. It's a different plan. Yeah, it's just still a plan, not a back end. Right? Yeah. So like, I actually ended up taking a massive break from school. I'm talking several years. I'm trying to count. She's she's putting her fingers <laughs> up and like thinking. Seven years. Hmm. Like seven years off of school, and was just like. I don't want to put more. I was paying for school in cash by myself. My parents paid for like first semester and they were like, now this is on you, boo. That's fine. But I don't want to put more money into school to like learn things that I could read on my own. I did make the decision. Like I went off and worked for seven years. Then I made the decision to come back to school to like finish my degree. And when I came back, I had like all of this work experience all of a sudden. And then approaching school became a totally different thing. I went to the, to the counselor's office and she was like, so what, like, what would you like to do? And I was like, I need to graduate. That's it. Because the only thing I cared about in that moment was like a degree will make me more money. It doesn't matter what the degree is because I'd been in the workforce. I had a lot of experience and I just needed to like check a box. Do you have a college degree? Yep. Right. Because mm-hmm. some employers care about that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, she pulled out this list. Shitty green paper that every, every academia person I know prints on this. I don't understand why. Who chose I the green? It's, it's not even a good color. Anyway, so it was stapled <laughs> together. It was a list of majors offered in the university in order of credits required. Like lowest to highest or yep. highest to lowest, lowest to yeah. highest. She went down the list and she's like, stop me when something sounds interesting. I was like, God bless you, everyone. So she started reading them. She's like, do you, do you want to graduate and finish? No. Do you want to graduate and write a basket weaving? No. Just went down this list and so she finally was like, wait, political science. And I was like, tell me more. So she pulled up the credit requirements. Turns out like between, between comms, Asian studies, honors, all these things that I had done, I was 90% there to a political science degree. I was like, LFG. (laughs) So we laid out a plan where I had like maybe three semesters left. Went to town on it. It was amazing. 
And political science became like, okay, political science set me up for law really nicely. It set me up for communications really nicely because you're writing, oh my God, I wrote 40, pa- 40 pages every six weeks. Oh my God. <laughs> right? Like it yeah. was crazy. So yeah. the best work I've published. It was great. <laughs> um, so I, I'd say like, don't be afraid of switching your plans. Don't be afraid of like not having it totally planned out. But like to your point, you need to have at least some idea of a plan that this is, and maybe it's not a plan, it's a framework, but like this is an investment on your career and like everything you do from day one of college through graduation can impact negatively or positively your ability to get a job and make money in this world. We're going to talk about a little bit more about how to think about constructing that plan, that framework after the break. So we will circle back. Oh my gosh. I super love this series. The Ask Your Work Wife College Edition makes me so happy. I love, Holly knows this, I love working with teenagers more than probably anything else. She super does. <laughs> One of the things that I realized though is like, there are a lot of parents who are not set up to coach their kids through high school, through college, through building a career. Cause the world of corporate America has changed. We talk about this every week on this podcast, <laughs> right? So one thing we'd like to offer specifically during this five week period where <laughs> Vanessa and Holly are going back to school, is free career coaching to anyone who's in high school and freshman year college. This is a multi-thousand dollar value thing, (laughs) but we feel so passionately about setting students up for success, getting into corporate America, and kind of single-handedly closing that wage gap for women that we are willing to put our time and energy into this unpaid in order to get you what you want. So if you're interested, and we hope you are, send us an email at help at askyourworkwife.com, and we can't wait to hear from you. And we're back. Before the break, we were talking about the importance of having at least some semblance of a plan (laughs) and not being afraid to change the plan as needed. But let's talk a little bit about how do we make a plan? Yeah, I think my favorite example of this is actually in my cousin, Nate. Calling it out, Nate. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Nate. (laughs) But anyone who knows him and listens to this will just be floored by what I'm about to say. He was going to go to dental school. Tell me more about Nate, uh, <laughs> Vanessa. Nate in his current iteration. I'll, you know, I'm going to tell everybody about Nate. Yeah, you should. You should. I didn't know this dental situation about Nate till moments ago. <laughs> uh, I'm finding out with you all. Nate lives in Washington, and Nate lives in an apartment that is more plants than floor. <laughs> that's accurate. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's totally I recently accurate. was shown a picture of mushrooms yes. sprouting. <laughs> yep. I just want you to appreciate, like, he's not like a normal millennial with like his plants and his like dogs. Straight up plant nerd. It's just like, like plants everywhere. Uh-huh. So when you say that this man was going to go to dental school. Oh my God. I think we just need to like pause and appreciate <laughs> the juxtaposition a little bit. Yeah. And like, and he was spending even worse. Like he was spending four years in college preparing for dental school. And yeah. like he, he was- went all the way to college for this. Mm-hmm. And the only, the only factor in that decision was Dennis make a lot of money. And my cousin Nate is only one generation moved from the farm. Like his father is a farmer on our family property in Washington. So like huh. this is the first time anyone from his family has gone to college. Oh, wow. Okay. We're, we're me and my family, we're two generations removed because both my parents went to college, right? So like he went, okay, I go to college to make money. I will go into college with nothing. I will come out of college with this ability to make a shit ton of money. College is an investment in my future, right? So he picked a major that would get him the most money. So that's a plan, right? That's yep. what we were talking about. Totally. Like he had a plan. He mm-hmm. knew the value of college or the potential of college. He went in with that ROI expectation. Uh-huh. And he was fucking miserable. Every single class was just like, he hated it. He was like, I'm not finding that I'm terribly good at it, but I can be good at it. I just don't care. Like, I'm just 
miserable. Yeah. And then he was like wandering the halls and like found these like nerdy plant people and just like followed them. I was like, well, those are my people. Oh, they're his people. Where are they going? Right. <laughs> Turns out he found there's a, an entire major called horticulture. And he was like, wait a second. You're telling me that I can go to college to learn about plants and, it, and it's not tied to farming necessarily. Right. Like that, that was an important thing for him. So yeah. So he just started doing the research and realized like, oh, I can do the thing I'm passionate about and make money off of it. Let's do that. Yes. Think about that ROI. Think about the money. Think about what you're getting put into college, what you're going to get out of it. But equally important is this passion piece. Yeah. He's making it happen. He's now got his dream job. He's making <sighs> the amount of money he wants to make. And he's like living where he wants to live. And he's doing what he wants to do. And it's amazing. Like amazing. I'm and every so pleased. Right? And every time I think back on the like poor kid who like was suffering for two years thinking, oh my God, I have to go through this like fucking dental school bullshit in order to like make any money. Have a 50 year career as a dentist. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just, the thing about this for anyone who has this question is like, this is your life. Mm-hmm. This is your fucking life. And like the moment that you turn away from being passion aligned, being aligned with your desires, repressing any need or want that you have, it just becomes unsustainable really quickly. Oh, it's awful. So it's really important that you really honor what's true about you, what you want. You have to know. And, and I'm not saying that's easy to 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 figure out it's it's not it can be very difficult and it changes over time and like this is a constant practice yeah (laughs) but to whatever extent that you can at this point in your life wherever you're at right now is is pay attention to what you want and then and then do that little framework that we've talked about earlier and on earlier episodes like okay how do I get there how can I align this how can I how can I look at the vertical can I establish earning potential for Mm -hmm. this for this passion right and it's exactly what Nate did If anyone is as old as I am, which you're probably not because of the collegiate episodes, it's fine. She's All That is an amazing film. Forget High School Musical. She's All That was like the epitome of like the high school rom-com thing. We should go watch it. And like there's this whole sequence where like Freddie Prince Jr. is trying to date this girl who's like a total art nerd and turning into the next prom queen. It's a whole thing. A standard <laughs> yes. high school rom-com. Classic. Yeah. And of course she takes him to like this avant-garde art show downtown. He gets called up on stage to like do performance art right there. And, and he's just standing there awkwardly and he pulls a hacky sack out of his pocket. So fucking 90s. But the thing that's on his mind is not letting any of these balls he's trying to juggle in the air is expectations, whatever, whatever, drop. And so he's got this hacky stack. He starts playing with it and he keeps saying, don't let it drop. Don't let it drop. He's trying to balance the pressure of his dad and the pressure of his mom and like mm. the like the group pressure from like being the cool kid in school. And like there's some expectation that goes to like UCLA or like wherever, like goes to Dartmouth or goes to his dad's school, like whatever the thing is, right? And there's just like all of this pressure on this 18 year old to like live up to everyone else's expectations. I remember watching that and like resonating with it. And several years later, I was working with a meditation coach. He specializes in human development and especially adult development. Mm. And he, he lined out this process where he's just like, the natural course of human development is to go from a group to an individual. When you're really young, you think about like fifth grade, right? You're like, ah, I'm the fifth grade class, not the fourth grade class, right? Like, right, And right. there's like strength in numbers and like, oh, I'm in fifth grade now. Like this is the thing, right? Yeah. But you get in junior high and you start like separating a little bit. You're like, okay, so there's like the like drama kids and the like music kids and whatever. Yeah. By the time you get in high school, you get like, okay, I got like the soccer jocks. I got the football jocks. I got the like lacrosse jocks. I like got the, the cool drama kids and the uncool <laughs> drama kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. the techie kids. I got the, yeah, the yeah. AV kids. That's a different name. <laughs> you, got, you got the band kids, the orchestra kids, the choir kids. And even right. then you got like the altos and the 
the Sopranos. Right. Altos are awesome. Everyone uh, Sopranos are a little bit useless. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. So like what you were seeing here is just like this further stratification of like, of like further individuation. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get to college, you're really making, I love what you said, individuation. You're making choices for you and what you want to do. That's it. And like so many people keep trying to make decisions like, oh, what does my like, freshman class want? What does my like sorority group want? Like, what does my, what do my parents want? Yeah. The, like the last, <laughs> the last bastion of a little group that you have to think about is your family, right? Like what do my parents want? What are my siblings doing? Am I, am I the odd man out? So if you find yourself making decisions that feel like they're going against the grain, you're making the right decision. Probably a good thing. You need to be making decisions for you and not anyone else. It's what's supposed to happen at this point in your life. Regardless of whether you're like starting college or if you're in the middle of college, just take a beat and like assess where you're at. What is my major? What am I studying? And like, what's the earning potential of it? And does that earning potential match the lifestyle I want in the future? Mm-hmm. And am I value aligned in my passion and things that I'm interested in? And, and if, if those two things are different, like if the earning potential is great, but you hate what you're doing, it's time to readjust. Cause I promise there's ways to make money out there. Oh yeah. Not everyone needs to be a doctor in order to make quarter million dollars. Okay. And in fact, doctors aren't really making quarter million. Anyway, <laughs> do your research ladies. World's changed. Right. So, so like now's the time to really take a look at like what you're doing. Are you doing it for you? And is it something that's sustainable and is going to give you really good ROI in the future? question for Ask Your Workwife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, workwives. Plant nerd. It's just like, like plants everywhere. Uh-huh. Like he doesn't have time to do it like plant Instagram because he's too busy finding cool plants, buying cool plants. And like to, to his credit and like mostly at the insistence of his adorable wife, he has like cash flowed this where like <laughs> he likes, he likes really expensive plants or really rare plants. And so what he does is he like goes and finds them and buys them and then he will propagate them and sell them. It's a clever thing yeah. to do. We're, he's doing a great job. Congrats. <laughs> but yeah, he is like, he's the person that like, if you happen to be out in the woods foraging for shit you text him you're like is this gonna kill me and he will reply every time like that's his like his Love social contract with us right like like such a such a such a plant nerd like so when you say that this man was going to go to dental school oh my god